Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The January 6th congressional probe began today. The Democrats went all out in trying to maximize the political impact of the theatrics. We're watching the opening testimony from the members of D.C. Police and Capitol Hill Police. A lot of questions still out there about what this commission is really trying to accomplish. Let's break it all down in Hold the Line. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. That was D.C. Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone earlier today. And there are a lot of things that after watching today's hearing, one would be wondering about. For example, what's the point of this? Now, let's really think about that. What is the purpose? What is this supposed to accomplish? We're told, in fact, the Democrats insist that this is about a security review. How did this happen on that day? What were the shortfalls? What were the shortcomings in the security procedures and processes, tactics, techniques, and so on that weren't used that should have been. That's what we're led to believe is, is central here. But is that really what this is about? Are we going to see any accountability? Will people suffer consequences from within the bureaucracy or from within Congress itself for their major lapses that day? No, because it's not really a security review. This is about theatrics. This is about people like Republican lapdog of Nancy Pelosi, Adam Kinzinger, crying. I never expected a day to be <clears throat> quite as emotional for me as it has been. You guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with and you know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad days, how we take accountability for that. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. What exactly? And, and I mean, they, they won insofar as, yes, order was restored. People were arrested who were involved. There are hundreds who are facing charges. Some have been held in solitary confinement now for over six months including some who don't actually have any violent crimes they're even accused of. They got inside the Capitol. It's not like that didn't happen. We all know that. 
and then they left. So this is the, the, the insurrection that's the gravest threat we've faced since 9-11. In fact, they invoke 9-11 regularly to try to make it seem like this is on the same scale. Remember, 9-11, 3,000 people, roughly, about 3,000 people killed. How many people killed on January 6th? One, Ashley Babbitt, a protester. That's actually the reality of what happened. But Adam Schiff wants you to know that, well, this is just as serious as 9-11. And so because House Minority Leader McCarthy is fighting back against the obvious politicization of this commission, it's like saying that there would have been, you know, no 9-11 commission. Same thing. Here's Schiff. Then, uh, like now, there was some initial opposition of the Bush administration. They thought the, the commission might report negatively on how they didn't stop 9-11 from happening. But there were enough people of goodwill in both parties to overcome that and come up with a bipartisan product. But that Republican Party uh, that was willing to do that in 2001 and 2002 is not Donald Trump's Republican Party. Uh, had Kevin McCarthy been the leader then, there would have been no 9-11 commission. Um, there would have been, you know, an effort to persuade the country that, uh, what, it didn't happen or it's overblown or who knows what the explanation would have been. Um, that slimy little fellow there is the same individual who was lying about Donald Trump being a Russian agent. And while he was on the House Intelligence Committee, claimed that he saw incontrovertible evidence that Donald Trump as president was a traitor to the United States working on behalf of the Kremlin kept his job. In fact, if anything, he's more famous, more well-known, has more influence among Democrats. Now, that's the kind of person that is now involved in this insurrection probe, this riot that occurred on January 6th. This is all about politics. It's not about actually getting to the bottom of what happened that day from a security perspective, because that would force us to ask questions like, why weren't more people, more officers deployed in the days leading up to this? Why is it that today on my radio show, I had a former member of Capitol Hill Police call in to say that he was shocked at the lack of preparation on January 6th at the Capitol compared to what they have done for other moments in time where there was an elevated crowd control concern? Why weren't reinforcements brought in right away from the National Guard? Why were there all these delays? Why weren't they authorized to use things like stun grenades to subdue the crowd sooner? Those are all very valid questions If this was a security review. We're not going to get answers. We're not going to find out, for example, I'd be willing to bet, we'll have to see, who is the officer for the Capitol Hill police who shot Ashley Babbitt, and what was the use of force justification? Is this the only law enforcement agency in the country that can kill an unarmed woman? Pose no direct threat to that individual. She was coming through a door, shot her in the neck. Is, is that something that we can look at now and say it's clear why lethal force was used? What if that officer had had a submachine gun and had shot and, and killed 20 or 30 of the protesters? They were there against that door. Would that have been justified? If not, why not? Where are the questions being asked about this security review? They won't be. Nancy Pelosi just wants to use this as the bloody shirt to wave around and try to smear all Republicans everyone who voted for Donald Trump, anyone who's on the right as part of the so-called insurrection. They do this because what's really their alternative right now? What are they going to present to the American people as their vision of the future? Joe Biden is a joke. We all see it. We all know. The administration is not 
able to handle the major challenges this country faces. There's no unity, that's for sure. Joe Biden was elected in a COVID once in a century pandemic year on false promises that he abandoned the moment he came into office. So what's much better than the truth coming out? Well, just start hammering the insurrection once again, more and more. You'll see this, they'll continue to bring it up. They'll have more hearings. The media will run story after story on it. Remember, the Capitol ended up being cleared in a few hours. Congress finished its session that day. Not a single law enforcement officer was killed from violent acts on that day, despite what was reported for months. And we're told that this is the equivalent of Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and the Civil War all rolled into one. It's appalling that people could be so dishonest, so disingenuous about the way they frame this, the way they talk about it, and the demands they make as a result of it. But when you have people like Adam Kinzinger in your own party who want to bend the knee for a pat on the head from the socialists, this is what you get. Here he is. Bottom line, uh, I'm an elected member of Congress. I'm a Republican. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is technically my Republican leader. And to call you know, members of Congress by childish names like Donald Trump used to do, I guess, is just uh, kind of part what of the Just leave the party, man. You're not a Republican. Let's stop pretending. Let's stop pretending. We'll have more of the January 6th probe with the Federalist co-founder Sean Davis coming up next. But first, let's talk about something important. Being prepared for the unknown in these crazy times we're living in. We know the world is anything but predictable. Our government is passing massive spending bills. The Federal Reserve is printing trillions of dollars in fiat currency. And many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. What could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver that you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401k. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Give them a call right now at 833-600-GOLD. One more time, 833-600-G-O-L-D. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors, if they're born in another country or they don't look like us, And God help us. But I have faith. Because of folks like you. And I, Adam, I didn't expect this would be quite so much leader, but it must be an Adam thing today. Uh, but I'm so grateful to all of you. And with that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Yeah, I wonder which Adam will get the Oscar for their performance today. Adam Schiff, Adam Kinzinger, just tearing up. All the, they're still having nightmares about the insurrection. Folks, what we saw during the first day of the January 6th probe is weaponized political theater. It is a carefully planned out performance to make part of the public demonize Republicans and Trump supporters more specifically. After watching opening testimony today, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly are we supposed to learn from this? What is really the purpose 
here to break that down with us, Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What did you think about what you saw today? Let's just start with that. Let's keep it, keep it uh, straightforward. Well, I got to say, as a, a movie and art critic, um, the acting was terrible. It looked like a bunch of failed understudies at community theater between the, uh, the Adam Schiff uh, lip biting and the Adam Kinzinger crying. Uh, I was embarrassed for them. This whole thing's a farce. Uh, obviously, I think riots and rioting are bad, but I, I have a tough time taking seriously any group of people who spent the last year telling us that uh, a violent movement torching cities, businesses, police stations, federal courthouses to the ground uh, was peaceful. I, I have a hard time taking them seriously when they say two hours of, uh, of a riot on one day in January is, is the beginning of the downfall of the country. These people are shameless disgusting, dishonest partisans. And, and we all know what's happening here. Their first impeachment of Trump failed and their second impeachment of Trump failed. And now they're just decided they're gonna impeach the American people. And it's an embarrassment and I'm embarrassed and sad for every one of the clowns who took part in this farce today. It does seem almost like a third preemptive impeachment of Trump in some way, or they're, they're just getting it ready. They're, they're getting the impeachment seat warm, so to speak, for. Trump in case he were to come back and try to run once again. But here's Capitol Police Officer, because the police officers, uh, various law enforcement officers I had today were obviously center stage. Here's uh, Harry Dunn talking about the January 6th mob. Here's what he said. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are being lauded as courageous heroes. And while I agree with that notion, why? Because they told the truth? Why is telling the truth hard? I guess in this America, it is. I mean, what, what do you make of the, he, al he also compared uh, the January 6th mob to a hitman hired to kill someone. I mean, the, these cops, it's, it's remarkable to me. They're saying the mob was all yelling, kill them, grab their gun. I heard all these things today. Yet that never happened. That, that did not actually happen at any point in time. So... It seems like a strange thing for a mob that's supposed to be an insurrection and, a, and lethal to actually not engage in an insurrection or be lethal. Well, it wasn't armed and it wasn't an insurrection. And I, I hadn't seen that clip you just showed. And I got to say, my favorite part of it is Adam Kinzinger solemnly nodding along to someone else telling him what a hero he is. And Liz Cheney doing the exact same thing. Uh, these people are a joke and they're an embarrassment. And I, I certainly have zero interest in playing along with the games of the left here. We all know exactly what they're doing. They're going to get absolutely hosed in the midterm unless they can defy a traditionally historic uh, trends. When, when a new party takes over the White House and Congress, they tend to get crushed in the next uh, midterm unless uh, there's a big national security uh, threat, a war going on. 2002 would be the big example where Bush and Republicans were able to defy the odds because of 9-11. And so you have here Democrats actually calling their own little show trial a 9-11 commission. They're trying to keep up the heat up and pretend like this was some massive national security threat. You even had a new uh, reporter at the New York Times who's a, uh, a vessel for DOJ and FBI leaks. I think Katie Benner is her name come out and say that the big dilemma for Democrats and law enforcement right now, the big dilemma was that it's hard to uh, call all of your opponents enemies of the state 
um, even though it has to be done to protect national security. And, and that the reality of right now is that everyone who opposes the ruling regime is an enemy of the state. That's where we are right now. And, that, and that's what this uh, commission's about. It's about framing the half of the country that didn't vote for the current regime as terrorists for opposing their politics. Why now, Sean? Why are they doing this now? I'm curious what you think about the timing of this and, and maybe give us some sense as to how you see them using this. How will they manipulate the timeline going forward so they can keep injecting the January insurrection into the public discourse for, as you point out, obvious political reasons. Why now? Because they have nothing else. Their entire policy agenda is collapsing. You have uh, uh, the economy cratering, you have inflation going up, um, you have optimism in the country and the economy tanking, you have the president's uh, approval levels from the polls that they actually tell you. I can't imagine what the real numbers are showing his numbers uh, tanking. Why now? Because this is all they got. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, Adam Kinzinger being called a hero. They're also saying Liz Cheney is a hero. And she was willing to say things today like every four years this thing could happen unless we have this really serious commission. Watch this one. If those responsible are not held accountable, and if Congress does not act responsibly, this will remain a cancer on our constitutional republic, undermining the peaceful transfer of power at the heart of our democratic system. We will face the threat of more violence in the months to come and another January 6th every four years. I think they say more than they mean to, Liz Cheney and others, when they, when they do this whole accountability thing, Sean, because there are people who have been held in solitary confinement now for over six months in this country for no actual violent crime committed tied to this. There are hundreds of federal cases that are being brought. People are spending months, perhaps even years in prison for nonviolent crimes as a result of this riot. So when they say accountability, what they really mean is Trump and Trump voters, right? I mean, that's really what this is about. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit funny to watch Liz Cheney talk about accountability. Um, this is a woman who is a part of the big Russian bounties hoax that she pushed, that she orchestrated during the 2020 election. You want to talk about uh, election interference. She was pushing stuff we all knew were lies, uh, accusing the president of calling tr uh, troops losers, accusing the president of refusing to go after Russians for non-existent bounties uh, to attack troops in Afghanistan. And I think the reality here is that Liz Cheney's political career is over. She's a failed politician. She's one of the most unpopular Republicans in the country. And she now understands, having lost the ability to keep prosecuting her precious war in Afghanistan, they had no strategy for exit or victory, that her only hope uh, for her career is either to be uh, an MSNBC contributor or a defense lobbyist. And so this is just her swan song. She's irrelevant. She has no political career. And she's just thrown in her lot with Democrats uh, to snag her last uh, 15 minutes of fame before she finally gets thrown out of office next year. Sean Davis, tell him like it is. Good to see you, Sean. Thanks for making the time for us. Thanks, Buck. CDC is now recommending that people who are even vaccinated mask up indoors in some circumstances. Yep, you heard that right. We'll get into the new COVID control guidelines with New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz next. But first, I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to hold the line, My Digital Money. Everybody wants to invest in cryptocurrencies, but it's not easy to get started. Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money as a result. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. 
And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7. Uh, play Money account, too, by the way, so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. Back in a moment. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Reverse, reverse. The CDC announced their new guidelines in response to the big bad Delta variant. The regulations aren't pretty, nor do they make sense. This is taken from the New York Post. It reads, the new guidance would, make, uh, would mark a change of course for the agency after it gave the green light in May for vaccinated people to ditch their masks. The change comes amid the spread of the highly contagious Delta variant, which has driven surges across the country, now comprises around 83% of cases nationwide according to the CDC. But isn't the vaccine supposed to protect you? If not, then what's the point of it to begin with? Where's the logic here? Joining me now to try and debunk this uh, absurdity is New York Post reporter Carol Markowitz. Carol, great to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Let me just ask you with this, you surprised at all? Not at all. I, I think you and I have talked about it in the past where they just can't give it up. They can't give up the idea that they're going to be out of power and not be able to control us. So they keep kind of putting in roadblocks to ending uh, our time in this COVID mania. The thing is that we have to always go back to the original comments about COVID when this first began in March 2020, April 2020, May 2020 that we just needed to do this for a little while to flatten the curve, to make sure hospitals weren't overwhelmed. We did that, it's done. Hospitals are not overwhelmed. Um, and so we cannot continue to live in this static situation where uh, life does not move on and we wear a cloth over our faces and pretend that that does something. So I wanted to have you react to uh, Saki Bomb, White House Press Secretary Jen Saki. Responding to Peter Ducey, here is, here is his question, which he didn't really get an answer to, but then I want to pose the same question to you. Uh, given where we are today, and I think you've seen this, and those of you who have asked, we've confirmed this for, with the Delta variant, we will maintain existing travel restrictions at this point for a few reasons. The more transmissible Delta variant is spreading, both here and around the world. Driven by the Delta variant, cases are rising here at home, particularly among those who are unvaccinated and appear likely to continue in the weeks ahead. Sorry, that was actually about the travel ban. We'll get to vaccinations in a second, but let's talk about the, yeah. the travel ban situation. What do you think? 
It's terrible. There's families that haven't been able to see each other for, you know, almost going on two years now. And it's it's really unfortunate that we can't rely on the science of vaccines that we were told were so effective uh, to make sure that we can reunite families. Uh, Ellen Carmichael on Twitter, uh, she's married to an Austrian man and they haven't seen their grandchild. The grandparents haven't seen the grandchild because they won't, they're not allowed to come and visit America. Yet we have this open border policy um, on our southern border where we have migrants coming in every day and it, nobody cares whether or not they're vaccinated. It's just really not right. Here is Jen Psaki on vaccinations responding to Peter Ducey. If the vaccines work, which this sign says that they do, then why do people who have had the vaccine need to now wear masks the same as people who have not had it? Because the public health uh, leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data that that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected, uh, and that's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus. It's like they're not even trying. I mean, that's that's not an answer. That's not an explanation. It's just because our, ec our experts sense. say yeah. so, have decided arbitrarily today. A month ago, it was fine. Right. And the guidance is so unclear that people were really wondering what it actually meant and whether or not um, it actually, you know, because it seemed to mean that people had to wear masks inside with their kids. And that's sort of crazy. And yet nobody sort of doubted that the CDC would come out with something that crazy. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really terrible that we keep relying on these really useless policies again and again to curb COVID, which we have never done in the past via masking. And now that we have this vaccination program, I really don't see how it makes scientific sense to return to pretending that these masks really did something. I'm also seeing the some of the old arguments again about how it's not for a little while, the vaccines, Democrats were relenting, saying, okay, it's a choice. We're not going to mandate it. Oh, no, now you're a reckless, dangerous person if you don't get the vaccine, even if you've already had COVID. And the data does show so far that antibodies and T-cell immunity from naturally acquired immunity from having had the virus and beat it is stronger. But Gavin Newsom wants to tell people that if you're not vaccinated, you're like a drunk driver. Look, right. we don't even have to have that debate if we can just get everybody vaccinated that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. I mean, right. this is this is the the end result of COVID zero or the if it saves just one life. Whatever right. COVID policy right. we want is inherently justified. If, if it saves zero lives, if we're trying to save lives. Mm -hmm. And this is all tied with poor CDC messaging. Look, I, I got the vaccine, so I, I you know, I, I'm not a denier of vaccine science. It's just I don't I understand the people who don't want to be vaccinated. They've been lied to and just manipulated for the last 16 months. And I get that they have lost a lot of faith in the system. That makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that every time the CDC comes out with some regulation that makes no sense, it makes people less likely to go get the vaccine. Every time they come out with regulations for even if you get the vaccine, then you still have to wear masks. That makes people less likely to get the vaccine. I think all of this is very tied together. I'm also seeing that there are more and more places that are taking it upon themselves. You know, the federal government, for example, uh, has, has now required the vaccine. Veterans Affairs is requiring all faculty members 
uh, all, all staffers to get the vaccine. They have eight weeks to, to get it. That was just announced yesterday. That's the first you know, federal agency that's straight up saying you must, you have no choice, get vaccinated. In New York City, Bill de Blasio, the worst mayor in America, is running around now saying that enough's enough about this choice stuff. If you either get vaccinated or basically you're, it's going to cost you your job. I just think it's so interesting that this is the way that, you know, they're, they're willing to take such a, such a tough hand with those who, have, who don't want to get vaccinated now. They weren't willing to have a, a, a tough hand with the teachers uh, and the teachers unions when they didn't want to go back to school last fall. Then it was, whoa, whoa, let's all be really under. You know, it's just it's just like dealing with ch- with like spoiled brats all the time. The lockdowners just want what they want when they want it. Yeah. And, and I think the teachers union next step is that they're going to be pushing to not open schools until kids are vaccinated. I sort of see that coming with the, the conversation out of the CDC today, where, uh, again, they focus on children not being vaccinated. Children are not at risk for COVID. I mean, it's literally been the fact the whole time that kids are very not susceptible to this. Have there been deaths from this? Yes, there have been, but way more deaths happen every year from flu for kids, for example. And yet we've suspended children in this insanity for this whole period of time. And I I think they're poised to just continue this. I, I really do. I think that the CDC and the teachers unions have decided that kids' lives are just gonna be paused indefinitely. You think that the CDC guidance on masks for kids is going to stand, Carol, or are you going to see, do you think enough parents are fed up with this and had enough that there may be a pushback such that in some states or in some counties, it's yeah. too much and they relent? What do you think? So in some states and in some counties, yes, I think parents will push back. I've seen it happen. Um, I, like Long Island, for example, in New York is, is really pushing back hard in a lot of cities and towns in Long Island. But I live in New York City and I know nobody here is pushing back. It's going to be just masks. Okay, like let's let the kids wear masks back to school in September. Um, I, I the saddest thing about the last, you know, year plus of COVID mania is how few people fought back. It kills me every time there's like a big rally or protest in Europe and it Europe is out freedoming us and that makes no sense to me. I totally agree. It was very depressing, but Maybe it'll be different this time around. Carol Markowitz, always good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. We come back. Jeff Teagues from All Things Possible Ministries updates us on the catastrophe that is the Texas-Mexico border right now. But first, let's talk about the most valuable asset most of us will ever own, our homes. I mean, how much equity do you have in your home? 50000 100000 More? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Next, they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home, and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset. Register your address now to see if you're already a victim of home title theft and receive a complete title history of your home. That's a $100 value free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The surge of migrants at the Texas-Mexico border continues to push the country's immigration system to the brink. Our friends at All Things Possible Ministries visited the border, specifically McAllen and Del Rio. The situation is worse than ever. Cartel is thriving, drugs are moving all over the place, and the safety of people is diminishing day by day. Jeff Teagues is the Chief Operating Officer of All Things Possible Ministries. He's with us now to discuss this ongoing crisis. Jeff, you were on the ground last week observing the situation. You have a better idea of what's happening in real time than the folks that are going on TV talking about it. Can you describe what you're seeing in the area right now along the border, what you saw yourself? Well, Buck, it's no surprise. When we were down there together a couple months ago, we, we thought this could take two different directions. One is the Biden administration actually tackles this and starts to put some policies into play that are effective, or they continue to ignore it and obfuscate what's happening down there. And unfortunately, they've, they've, they've taken the latter. You know, when we, when we met last, I was real careful. I didn't want to be too, you know, accusatory with the administration and giving them some time to figure it out. But, but it, is, it is worse than ever. There are more migrants that are crossing. What you and I saw with the numbers of people crossing down in the McAllen area and then also up in the Del Rio sector is worse than ever. Like you and I discussed and predicted, the summer heat is literally killing people. So it's, it's not doing any better whatsoever. Have there been any reinforcements from the federal government side sent down there to help out with overwhelmed border patrol? And I mean, we saw when, when I visited the border with, with you and your team, uh, those National Guard folks who clearly could only cover certain pieces of that border security mission and, and trying to observe uh, and assist with what's going on down there. Are, are there any other folks who have been deployed? Are you seeing any additional resources? So there's more state resources. Arizona and Texas are taking all of this in hide. The troops that supported us the last, last year, we were down there, in addition to being in the McAllen region, they've now expanded north into the Del Rio sector. So they're, they're building pieces of wall there. They're reinforcing the security situation. So it really has been left up to the state governments to, to figure this out. And, and again, Buck, I want to emphasize the men and women of our Border Patrol, man, I, I feel for them. This, this stranglehold and this, you know, 2,000-mile screwdriver that is happening from Washington, D.C., allowing them what they can and can't do, I, I really feel for those people. Um, they're very fatigued and frustrated. The National Guard troops, as you would expect when you met them, they're, they're, they're young, motivated patriots, and they're looking at the, the sunny side of things, even though every day they're continually faced with these abuses and this death and this overwhelming crisis. We know that the cartels are making a whole lot of money off of both the human smuggling piece at the border as well as the continued drug smuggling uh, component. And last year, officially, we had over 90,000 overdose deaths in this country. A lot of that, perhaps most of those illegal drugs that were taken in those overdoses coming across our southern border, a lot of it opioids. Um, and so what can you tell us about the cartel piece and, and how 
that's affecting security and the, and the various mission sets that Border Patrol and others have to, have to try and, and, uh, and execute on? So it's a little bit different up in the Del Rio sector. I, I was surprised, and I think I think you and your team were also, just how peaceful the McAllen area was. Crime is quite low in that little stretch because they don't want to stir the pot. Whereas up in the Del Rio sector with the points of entry, there, there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of theft. So it's just another tool that the cartels are using to inundate law enforcement there and border patrol there with, with the problem sets. And you've discussed it, and I definitely want to reiterate, this is a manufactured crisis. The cartels are using this to push drugs into the United States. Unfortunately, somewhere in the high 90 percentile of these migrants, they don't qualify for asylum. So this is something that has been exacerbated by our current administrative policies, as, as well as the the penchant for Americans to take drugs. It, it's just, it's not getting better soon. And when you are in contact with the migrants, specifically who are crossing, are, are you hearing um, anything that is surprising to you or anything different than what you've heard in recent months? I mean, there was a lot of attention recently on a female migrant who straight up uh, looked at a Fox News reporter on camera and said, I just want to thank President Biden for you know, making this possible for me. I mean, I, I'm wondering what, are, what, if anything, are you either hearing from the migrants themselves or from those who are doing that security mission on the front lines down there about the migrant flow and what they're being told by the people who are crossing over illegally? Well, when, when we were there with you last, we were trying to figure out where does ATP fit in? And we thought there were some things on this side of the border that we could assist with. But the, the stranglehold that the federal government has on those resources and, and, and how these migrants are, are being pushed and maneuvered and supported, we've actually started to look deeper. And we've, we've had a, a, a person from ATP that's been tracking a group of migrants that has come from Cuba, Haiti, through Central America, up uh, uh, through South America, up through Central America, through the Darien Gap. And now they're at a place called Tapachula, Mexico, which is like the last stepping off area. And Buck, you know what, what blew me away? is one out of 10 of, of these migrants are already dead. They haven't made it. You know, so I think too often we're looking at that final 100 meters where they're coming across the river into the United States, but the journey is, is literally killing them. One out of 10 we've lost in this random sample of folks that we've looked at. 100% of the women that are of age have been raped and sexually assaulted. You're looking at about 50% of the minors. Again, we like to think that some of these men aren't so depraved that they're going to have sex with minors. But these, these migrants recognize what, it is, what the cost is for them to get here. And I wish Americans would recognize that also. They're dying. But one in 10 hasn't made it through the jungle. So we're, we're going down to Tapachula, Mexico. We're going down to the, to the Darien Gap. To, to see these folks and see the conditions and see if there's something we can do further down, you know, in the upstream pipe to, to assist these migrants before yeah, they I mean, you're, get you're going, I mean, one in 10 sounds very high. Is it possible that perhaps some portion of that are just people that stop on the journey? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we don't have a final, uh, we, we don't know where that 10%, I mean, some of them perhaps uh, did die along the way, but it would be interesting to see if we could get firm numbers on how many just don't finish the journey. Uh, versus how many were actually killed during the journey. But I, I wanted to know, you're heading to Panama, Cuba, parts of Mexico, neck with your group ATP. What are you expecting to see? 
So exactly what you're talking about. So we, we've got our guy on the ground, and, and he's, he's a war correspondent, Chuck Colton. We're old friends from back in our Ranger days. He's been an ATP ambassador for us. We've done things on and off throughout the years, and he's the one that's been tracking this group. So he, he literally knows that the, the one in 10 that we're talking about, they're dead. They didn't just quit. But, but we are going down there to confirm this for ourselves, see what it is, what the conditions are like, and what we could potentially assist with. So once they get through the Darien Gap, they're half dead. I mean, that jungle trek is six to 10 days through very rugged jungle. So there might be a place there that we could assist humanitarian-wise. In Tapachula, they're held up there. They're just out off of Guatemala. They're now at the southern Mexican border, and they're held up there for months as Mexico processes their paperwork. And again, I say process their paperwork. We know what that really means is the cartels begin their pipeline, how to get right. them from southern Mexico up into the U.S. border. So we want to see this for ourselves and, and, and would love to come back and report to you what Absolutely. we see, what we think, and uh, what we think Absolutely. we can do to assist. Come back, tell us what you see, Jeff. Be safe out there. I know you're, you're good at that, but take care of your guys and, and gals, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. And thanks so much for joining us. Good to see you, Buck. Thank you. In one Minnesota school, teachers urge students not to tell their parents about their divisive curriculum, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot remains unapologetic. Why? Find out coming up next on Quick Hits. But first, I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to Hold the Line, My Digital Money. Everyone wants to invest in cryptocurrencies, but it's not easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market without risking your money, and with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. Lori Lightfoot doubles down on a racist policy, and Jen Psaki praises schools that are mandating masks. Of course. Oh, Psaki bomb. Regardless of vaccination status, that is. Let's get into tonight's quick hits. Let's do it right away here. We've got Jen Psaki, who is happy not to live in a state that banned mask mandates in schools, she says. And the CDC is also going to recommend that children in schools all wear a mask, that everyone in schools wear a mask regardless of vaccination mm -hmm. status. But there are at least eight states that actually prohibit their districts from requiring a mask in schools. So what are parents who have children in those schools, in those states, supposed to do? Well, uh, look, Caitlin, I, I'm happy not to live in a state where that is the guidance. And this is new guidance that is being issued by the CDC today. I don't know how it will influence local elected officials in these states, but I certainly hope for the health and well-being of the next generation that they take a close look at the guidance. Vaccination status is a thing that uh, Jen Psaki and uh, others get a lot of mileage out of. They talk about it a lot. All right, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. Uh, she was in the headlines for a while because she had a policy of only black and brown journalists get access to her for interviews. And she's the mayor of Chicago. It's a big city. 
you'd think that this would raise some eyebrows maybe in the journalism profession. Some people did, to their credit, say that that's really weird and just kind of racist, actually. But Lori Lightfoot's saying, no, not only was it okay, she would do it again. She thinks that her only black and brown journalists get access to the mayor of America's third largest city to balance out inequities in journalism was a great idea. Here she is. I would absolutely do it again. I would absolutely do it again. And I'm unapologetic about it because it spurred a very important conversation, a conversation that needed to happen, that should have happened a long time ago. But I don't want it just a conversation. I want results. I want to, I want to see these networks, these companies, these producers, the decision makers take this seriously because it's a serious issue. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you can throw around a little racism in order to get attention for something, apparently. Or a little racial discrimination. I don't know what else you would call it when you say that white people don't get interviews with the mayor because they're white. That would, that would seem like a pretty straightforward no-no, but not for Lori Lightfoot. She, she feels like that was a good move. She's all about it. You might have heard about this. There was a student, uh, there was a student who came forward and said that there was an equity teaching module in her class, and she was not allowed to discuss it with her parents. Watch this. During distance learning, I was asked to complete that equity survey. My teacher said that I could not skip any questions, even when I didn't understand. My teacher told him that he was not allowed to ask his mom, and that we could not repeat any of the questions to our parents. I want the school board to know how uncomfortable and nervous this made me. My mom always tells me I can tell her anything, but she also tells me I can trust my teachers too. Being asked to hide this from my mom made me feel very uncomfortable. I was doing like I was doing something wrong. She wasn't doing something wrong, right? But we know the adults, the equity and diversity teachers or equity and inclusion or whatever, diversity and inclusion, I, you know, it changes all the time. The people in charge of that, of brainwashing these kids and making sure the parents couldn't find out about it, they certainly should have some explaining to do, but they won't because they want to try to sneak this into as many schools. The left is trying to do this kind of indoctrination in as many places as it possibly can. And... It doesn't matter when they get caught, because you know what they say? Oh, that's not CRT, or that's just a one-off. You don't understand CRT. You can't judge it. You need to have a PhD in the highly advanced and elevated theorem of critical race theory, which is basically white people are racist and minorities are oppressed. There you go. The end. You have a PhD now in critical race theory. Isn't that amazing? Or even more simply, everything is racist that people who believe in CRT say is racist. That's a pretty amazing uh, framework for understanding the world, isn't it? Destructive and absurd, but very simple, very straightforward. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. We got the No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly up next. Shields high.